Sean, you can't say that word anymore. It's not allowed. Yeah, it's not acceptable. You're gonna get canceled. Yeah, dude. what what word is it? Do you want to well, say? I'm not it? gonna. You're not gonna entrap me in this. Sorry, Sean. Why can't I say Otter Pops? I don't understand why I can't say Otter Pops on the air. I thought we were okay with that. That's two words. All right. Is it? Uh, well, no. Otter Pops has got a hyphen in it. So I'm looking it up right wait, now. Wait, does it? I don't believe oh, you. Oh shit! Yeah, you bet. Better you called your bluff. How much? So do you do you want to bet la, uh, or something? Because I know you you blow off bets pretty. pretty <laughs> this too. is this John. This is thing. this is you being uh, insecure about last night because you did Welch on our bet, but I didn't bet though. David thinks I bet. There is no hyphen. I said it's was, two words. I. Okay, well. There's a star in between Otter and Pops. Sean and I made a bet. Oh. And I, Sean, Sean and I made a bet, and he said, and I, I said, okay, let's bet dinner on it. And he's like, all right. And then he looked, I did not say all right. He, you did say all right. And then he looked it up. And no. He looked it up, and he said, oh, I guess you're right. Oh, we didn't shake on it. So. <laughs> no. So, so what, what, no, what happened is, is I was like, do you want to bet dinner on it? And I said, and then I was all I did was talk about terms of bets or, or things. I, I said, yeah. Said, no, I said, okay. yes, let's bet dinner. So you, asked, said, you yeah. asked me. And so, yeah, so Sean owes me dinner or else he's a welcher. That's, that's, that's but it. no, I have to go, yeah, everybody knows when someone says, hey, do you want to bet on this? And they go, yeah, you have to go, yeah, too. You have to do, yeah, yeah. You have to do the return. <laughs> the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. I agree with the second part. We're on express elevator to hell. You want to be a big bad guy, Christopher? I want your blood. I want your soul. Top of the food chain and dinner is served. Stop defending him, Sean. Our mission is to monitor extraterrestrial activity on Earth. It's all right to be afraid, David, because this part won't be like a comic book. Welcome to Earth. Um, oh, man. All right. All right. All right. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Welcome, everyone, to the Guys Were Screwed podcast. I am Sean. I'm David. And I'm Chris. I had to go last. Okay. I like how you guys paused for one or the other to go that's right. you guys are such best friends <laughs> no, no. I, I just i feel it's like so as the courteous. leader of this podcast i should like uh you know be gracious to people that that work for me you know now we talked about though you, i don't work for you david <laughs> you can still be the leader of this podcast but... <laughs> <clears throat> okay i'll um, take it fuck fuck that okay so let me uh let me just turn my computer here so i got a little more action going on here i haven't done an episode in several weeks man i know uh, we did we did we did, we did the mk ultras which was a long ass time then we did the just mm-hmm. david and chris episode which is by, by far our favorite or the our worst fans yeah favorite. the worst yeah and, it was terrible and uh yeah and then chris's chris episodes we did i i think i'm gonna try to have another one ready too oh that's a good idea what do you say? no it was a lot of <clears throat> these past couple of weeks have been very chris heavy yeah with Drongza mm-hmm. and then the Two parts of post truth. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. It was good though. People love that. They want to hear us all talk. Um, just me a little bit more. Uh, so, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> okay. So today we're going to be talking about the uncanny valley. Um, don't know if anybody's really ever heard of that. Um, but I guess. Maybe I should have used done the intro first before I even gave it away. But anyways, so I'll start with, do some robots creep you out? Really think about it. First, think of Wally. He doesn't really bother you, right? Now think of the T-800, Terminator. No skin or any other robot that resembles a human. You will notice that as they look more human up to a point where it shifts 
uh, too kind of obscure but humanoid, you might get an uneasy feeling about it. But as it shifts again to essentially human, those feelings fade kind of away again. Well, there's a reason for that. By the end of this episode, you'll probably feel even more uneasy, which that's why you're here, right? Oh, it's not? You're here to en- you're you're here to enjoy yourself listening to me and David and Chris speak. Well, not today, motherfuckers. Okay, we we love our supporters. We love our supporters. It's funny that we're doing Unca- Uncanny Valley right now, Sean, because um, you that whole thing. It was very clear that you were reading it, and it sounded very Uncanny Valley to me. Did it? Yeah. Well, maybe I'm a doppelganger. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe I'm I'm um, actually talking to no one right now. Where's the real Sean? I I when when you were. Uh reciting that sean i was just thinking of sophia you guys know sophia uh-uh. the, the robot who oh is that the one you sent today yeah 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 no yeah. this is no. no that's that's different so i know sophia the the robot that uses like the um has like an ai brain uh-huh. and who can kind of it's basically the closest that we get to passing the turing test yes um, you can yep. kind of carry on a conversation with sophia yeah. But it's super creepy. creepy because sometimes she talks about like taking over the world and killing all humans. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Oh, you should, God. I'm surprised you haven't seen that. She's one of the more realistic looking ones, um, I'd say. I'm looking her up. But she's, um, yeah, I mean, I, she kind of, le- well, she she learns. I mean, right. it's one of those things they're they're actively learning. Oh, God. Yeah, she's, um, this is no, um, what's her name from Deus Ex. What was the movie called? The fi- oh. Final Fantasy movie? Well, that, no, that <laughs> it looks more Final Fantasy, yeah. Ex Machina. Ex Machina, there we go. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, that's that's a more uh, humanoid one, and we'll get into that and kind of what that means and how that affects people. Um, just quickly, uh, basically, sources... Well, my research started in Wiki, branched into many sources found there. I did start listing them, but I'll be honest, it was starting to get very extensive. So if you go to Wiki page... You can find anything you're in, or if, if you're interested in anything we talk about, you can go to that section, uh, and you can find the sources. Basically, I pulled them directly from there. Um, Sophia is a Saudi easier. Arabian citizen. Do you guys see that? That oh, sounds right. familiar. Yeah, but there, she's yeah. made by a Chinese con- or a Chinese country or con- a con- country company. A Chinese country. A Chinese <laughs> country. Well, the, the reason I said that because I cause she's actually made in Hong Kong. So like I was like, is that a Ch- that's that's not a Chinese uh, country. It is. Yes, if because Hong Kong is a city in China. So yeah, but I, but it's not it's not it's not an actual separate country though. It's just a city. Exactly. Right. Okay. So yeah, like so, all the Chinese countries, like Japan and Korea and stuff, as as what David. Was yeah, all those. <laughs> ex- that so extremely racist thing I just said. Uh, yeah. either, <laughs> no, I was just thinking since you know, David made the honest um, but serious mistake oh, of no. calling Hong Kong a separate country from China. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David, the separatist. Oh, yeah, if if, okay. if President <laughs> Z wasn't listening before, he definitely is now. Yeah, it's all right. We're He'll sorry. Today. We're sorry. So let's all <laughs> let's all say Hong Kong is a city in China together five times. <laughs> Hong Kong okay. is a city in China. Hong, right, Hong Kong is a city, is a city in, China. in China. We have to do it in, in each one. <laughs> um, okay. Real okay. quick, before we move on, I do want to say also that the robot was modeled after Sophia was modeled after Queen Nefertiti, Autry Hepburn, and the inventor's wife. What a simp! What a, you know, what a what a simp! Oh, he wants man, to make a yeah. robot to have sex with. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, who who wouldn't? 
No, I mean, you know, especially if your wife's getting kind of old, you know. <laughs> is, <laughs> Just kidding. Is Sophia uh, a pleasure model? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, there's no. I, I just I, I did search. I did Control F to see if I could. <laughs> the pleasure doesn't pop up. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, how about some background, guys? Uh, that seems like something we should we should start with. Um. So yeah, today we're going to talk about something called the Uncanny Valley. For anyone that hasn't heard of it, it falls into a category of philosophy called aesthetics, a.k.a. the nature of beauty and taste. It is a hypothesized relationship between how much an object, or in this case a robot or android, resembles a human, and the emotional response to that entity. Um, just, you know, the, the, the term uncanny specifically means strangely familiar. So, if an object imperfectly resembles, and I say object, but I mean, we are going to be referring to robots mostly here, um, imperfectly resembles a human being, it can provoke these uncanny feelings of creepiness or even being revolted. They're going to replay this um, episode in like 60 years when robots are fighting for autonomy, and we're going to get so canceled. I know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, can you believe I've, these I've assholes talking about robots like, robots like they're things? Ugh. Ro- robots robots yeah. um, <laughs> plus not only that it's like it will be completely taboo to even refer to the uncanny valley <laughs> or assume yeah. that robots aren't the most beautiful like perfect specimen yeah uh, yeah so uncanny valley is going to become like a new <laughs> it's going to become like the new f word yeah it's going to be like in, in, some, in a future talk show they're going to be have a guy who is like he's like he won't he won't date robots and it's like why why won't you date robots like it's the uncanny valley and then the whole the whole crowd will gasp yeah yeah propaganda propaganda um no that's true as was kind of talking about this in the singularity episode the same thing you know if robots take over too they'll be like damn you know the we we were spewing so much propaganda they're just going to execute us it's kind of scary um oh shit telling me my warranty's up in four months okay okay uh anyways take care of that sean so what do you mean uh, your warranty are you a robot sean oh my (laughs) god Uh um Uh, and then that's it and then i come in no we're here we're here we're here we're here and then you go sorry guys had to had to take a take a take a puff real fast (laughs) from my bubbler my bubbler (laughs) hell yeah dude um okay so the valley itself uh, i suggest everyone go and check out the graph that you can just, if you just Google it, you can see, um, represents a lower affinity uh, for the object in question. Uh, And um, this is due to the lower human likeness, which is, which, which in the actual valley, which is in the actual valley itself, not before. And as the likeness increases, affinity or feelings of trust or comfortability increases. This might kind of sound confusing. I'll explain it better uh, very shortly. Um, the idea itself of the Uncanny Valley was first introduced in 1970 by Masahiro Mori, uh, a Japanese robotics professor. He wrote the book Bukimi no Tani. I'm sure I said that very white. Chris, you can help me out there. Probably um, like Tani. Tani. Okay. Well, it's going to be Tani no from tani. now on. Okay. Got it. Bukaki. <laughs> tani, Tani makes sense. Um, uh, which was later translated directly to Uncanny Valley in the 1978 book Robots, Fact, Fiction, and Prediction, written by Yasia or Jasia, also don't know, uh, 
Reichardt. That'd be funny if that Reichardt. was if her book Reichardt. was just no. the like Terminator, the first Terminator script. Like robots, <laughs> facts, fiction, and prediction. Okay, first and things ro- that's going to happen is that they're going to time travel back to 1980 and <laughs> in 70. Yeah, okay. Well, it's time travel in the future. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's there. He's not wearing any clothes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so, um, but so that that book from the 70s and then Maury's idea uh, created a link to the actual concept of uncanny, the just the word, uh, which was an originated from psychiatrist Ernst I can't even say that. Jens, I don't know how to pronounce that. Chris, also go ahead and try. Either Jench or Jench. Jench? Okay, well, which one is it? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. Um, It's okay. It's okay. But yeah, 1906 was when that term uncanny was first sort of coined. That's surprisingly late. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The feeling was there for a long time. And then why did no one say it? No one one cringed before 1906, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's when they started doing uh, the the uh, TikTok dances, you know, <laughs> the old style one or whatever. Yeah, they're, Greeks they're, they're, never did that. They're doing the Charleston and like recording it on the on the camera. You have to crank <laughs> to to keep filming. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, ooh, that's a good skit idea. Uh, okay, so let's go into the hypothesis, and that will be followed by some some theories, and then we can kind of discuss. Um, so Mori, his original hypothesis states that as the appearance of a robot becomes more human-like, some people's emotional response to that robot will become increasingly positive and even empathetic until it reaches a point beyond that where it actually seems, I guess, revolting. And then past that point again, as it becomes more distinguishable as a human, the positive response returns. Like that this dude space- that fell in love with a robot next Machina. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because he was probably was that Hoa Queen Phoenix? No, it wasn't Hoa Queen Phoenix. No. Unfortunately, it was. Who, who I can't was remember that? his name. Some ginger. Um. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um. So, but so this space between barely human and essentially completely human is the uncanny valley. So, and just to kind of give an idea, I mean, if you look at that graph, it'd be like something that just looks like a cute little robot. And then they're starting to get more humanoid, but then they're like kind of weird looking and they're unsettling a little bit. And then as they get to the final area where they're really very, very human, you'll feel okay again. This this whole uh, idea of the valley resonates with the idea that these almost but not quite human entities seem strange and make people feel uneasy, which will reduce the empathetic response needed for a productive human to robot interaction. This could affect the future. As we uh, create more robots, we need to be conscientious of their design so as to integrate them into society. Or is this a bad idea? Or how should we design them? Uh, we will talk about this more later. So I was going to go... I, I have some theories here that are listed, quite a few. And then you know we can discuss, unless you guys have a little bit... Uh, anything you want to add or, or maybe questions or... Uh, whatever you got in in those brains of yours right now. I just think that the the more we make them human, the 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 more danger we're in. Mm. Like the more that the harder they are to distinguish from what they are. 
again, this is like they're going to cut this audio out in 60 years and cancel us when we're billionaires. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, yeah, it, it, it just becomes uh, more and more dangerous because it's, yeah. I could see that. Shit. Yeah. Not even like, not even like in a sci-fi way. Just in a, because like, like, like the the people that are funding this stuff is the military. So like, it's just gonna be bad. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with that sentiment. I'm also kind of more. I'm curious about like um, how the uncanny valley is used to uh, design other things, and I wonder if the whole like, um, like kawaii notion in like anime mm. and stuff is informed mm. by the uncanny valley because you have certain um because that's probably more to like the left end where you have kind of certain exaggerated features like big eyes yes. and shit like that yeah 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 and that's very people you know all the waifus love that shit like um, alita battle mm. angel comfortable yes yeah big big titty waifus that'd be fun that'd, that'd be fun if they looked exactly human but they had like cat ears or something like that, yeah. like just permanent cat ears on their head. Yeah, or just like in Sailor yeah. Moon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So, well, we'll come back to kind of the design thing. I, I want to talk on that more. So, uh, theories. So, uh, there are several theories used to describe why this phenomenon may occur. Um. First is that human norms are put into question or could even be considered violated. So an example would be a non-human entity has some human characteristics which are noticed and empathy is felt. You're kind of connecting with this very non-human looking thing. That's an important uh, idea to, to, to remember here. But so if an almost human entity has these characteristics, a person may actually ignore the the human characteristics and then notice the other characteristics which are less human as they are more obvious due to one's normative expectations so it's in and it's an expectation expectational idea um so it's like you think it should be acting exactly human but it does not so it appears strange and movement is actually a really big factor if a robot does not move biologically normal it could elicit comfortable feeling if it is expected to move more biologically normal. Yes, totally. I can see the right. value in that. Um, Laura and I rewatched Gothica the other night. Oh, and nice. Do you remember the scene in Gothica where that fucking ghost girl is like walking all fucked up looking? And it's yeah. basically, yeah. It's, a, it's a camera trick. Um, mm. But that creates the whole effect. The only thing that's scary about that scene is how fucked up she's walking. And yeah. the like the also the house on Haunted Hill when he sees him in the cameras, yes. and the way he's like walking another camera. But also like going back to our episode on Mothman, uh, the, the, one of the creepiest things about the Men in Black that I read was the, the how they talked and how they moved, which is both very uncanny valley. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Talking is is definitely. Uh, I'm going to talk about that in a minute too. That yeah, both of those things definitely can create unsettling feelings. Um, Hello, my name is Sean. I do not have sex. <laughs> well, that's that's definitely an imposter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay, so that, that's fun. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the next one is uh, mortality salience, 
which is also known as the recognition that one's death is inevitable. We all have it. Uh, we just don't think about it as much as David does. Unless um, you have, unless you have <laughs> enough money, then you think you're gonna live for. You're gonna like put your brain in a robot or like extend uh, your life by putting like teenagers' blood in your body. To be honest, yes. I want to do teenagers' blood. I, I I honestly want to try that. If I was like eighty and they're like, hey, we can download your consciousness uh, into something. Um, you want to give talked it a about go. this and I don't think that's ever going to work. Like it kind of goes like we have to, we I, have to like, we have to like under, like no one really knows what like we like, there's a I definition know, I know, for consciousness, but like, what does that actually mean? And like, and the fact that you, you could like download your consciousness while you're still alive kind of proves that it's not you. you well, I mean? it might be a copy then, which means it's just an imprint of your cog right. cognition or something like that I, but it still is you would have your personality but is, is it really you but yeah, you wouldn't that is be the experiencing any of it is what i'm saying well would i not or would i would it matter like I, I don't know how that translates you know what i mean unless i would be experiencing it if that copy had all the memories i had because to me it wouldn't be any different you know what i'm saying yeah so, i don't know yeah, about what, that what, what, because what, 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 you can lose memories and still be you, right? Yeah, and also, and also, True. Like, like, imagine Sean that you okay, you you have the the whole system worked out. You download your consciousness so you can live longer, and then you turn the robot on, and it's like, and you're still alive. Like, uh, that's, yeah, yeah, it's the I don't same know thing. about that. It's the my, same thing. Nothing's going to change. You know what I mean? Like that, well, that's how it's going to be after you're dead too. What's the reference point? Is what I'm saying. So yeah, you, you're right on that. But for me, the reference point of memory uh, is important because then. Yeah, it's still you without the memories, but you wouldn't remember the transferring, I think, would be the most important thing for that. And even then, I'm not saying this would work. I don't know how that would work. But if there was a way to digitally download yourself and it kills you, though, like you you die and it and and or what if downloading your consciousness does kill you and then maybe it works that no, way? The only way to, no, the idea, only way but... to do this, Sean, is you have to make a robot that looks just like you, no uncanny valley. And then you die, and then you have to like possess the robot with your spirit. Okay, okay. So that's like a that's like a that's a like we could write a script. We could write a script called <laughs> the, the Haunted Robot or something. That sounds <laughs> okay. really nice. Well, there's also, I mean, before we get too far into vegan macaroni, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same idea underlying teleportation, right? Mm-hmm. That like they basically make a copy of all of the kind of material, and you die when you go into it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I was actually thinking about teleportation or time travel. Like, in time travel, how when you come out of time travel, how does it know where to put you spatially? Like, uh, verse, and then so you're moving temporally, but spatially. Like, what if it just put you on another planet? You're like, well, I time traveled, and you yeah. just die, and you're on Mars. Yeah. It's like, whoops. So, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Sean, you got to play the game Soma. I know you have it because it, it was on PS Plus. So you got to play that, and that'll do think that'll that'll it. that'll inform your opinion about this a little further. Oh, are they they put you right outside of the event horizon of a black hole? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> yeah, but you learn a lot going in, and yeah, then Matthew you, McConaughey's yeah. in there. Yeah, again, again, Matt, fucking, he keeps coming back. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think I read somewhere that you would like you wouldn't if you were put into space randomly you wouldn't die right away like it would like you'd still be alive for a couple seconds so yeah. um that'd be cool like that just the last thing you see is oh shit I'd, I'm gonna be late for, I'm gonna be late for work and that's <laughs> yeah what, what's it what's everybody gonna think at work when I don't show up today <laughs> yeah <laughs> little they know you're frozen in space um all right back to the mortality salience so. 
Androids uh, with a human exterior and mechanical inside may make one feel that we are just soulless machines. Disassembled androids mimic injury or war, which is a reminder of mortality. Androids are copies of people, so they are viewed as the doppelganger, which brings up the threatening idea of being replaced. And then, uh, again, movement. Jerky motions may represent losing control. So there's different ideas for movement, too. Like, movements are just, weird movements are just Jerky creepy. is the really creepy part. That's the jerky yeah. motion, so is what scares me. Yeah. Right, but then and then that that's the creepy thing. But also, is it because of this innate? And this is something we'll touch on too: is evolutionary idea or uh, some something in evolution that causes us to see that, or just in general losing control. That's for your own self, like a, a, a what is it, a, a ALS or something like that. Like it just puts mortality forefront. And again, yeah. these are just theories, but they're valid. I think. Um. Yes, robots are valid. There, guys, they just saved us from being canceled in the future. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, not me. I'll be dead. So <laughs> you guys will be fine. Um, next one is uh, selecting a mate. So choosing a mate is stimulus-driven and automatic, at least from an evolutionary standpoint. Uncanny stimuli might trigger this cognitive mechanism we have developed through evolution to avoid mates with low fertility, Poor hormonal health, or you know those people when you look at them and you just go yuck. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry to anybody out there that's a one. I don't think ones exist. Just saying, every you're at least a two, guys. You're at least a two. <laughs> Believe in yourself. <laughs> this is so it's very progressive, Sean. I um, I know. Uh, uh, I, I it's it's interesting. I don't know. I, I I'm not sure how to feel about this part of it. It's uh, uh, the weird. All like everything. Yeah. Or okay. No, it's this is good. We can talk about it uh, in a second here. Well, let's. I have two more. So pathogen avoidance. Uh, this ties in with the one above, as it may be an evolved trait that elicits a response. If a being looks human, and one notices the defects, like weird movement or something like that, or 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 whatever defect, defects indicate disease uh, in in a biological setting. Um, and if a being is more human-looking, it is genetically similar, and pathogen transference, of course, has a higher probability with genetic similarity. Uh, and then the last one is a threat to human identity. So increased anthropomorphic appearance of something creates an enhanced threat of human uniqueness. The more the robot looks like a real human, it may be seen as a challenge to our social identity as humans. This example may be more of an outlier, though, from traditional valley definition. So, so it's like it's like it's only a robot, Sean, but like with a six-inch penis. Uh, that's right. So just a quarter of an inch shorter than mine. <laughs> I don't know how that's much different. Um, <laughs> you're supposed you're supposed to say so, like, oh yeah, so so one that's uh, that's a solid a solid half a foot shorter than mine. Got it. Okay. Right now, now I'm a very humble guy. Okay, now everybody <laughs> knows the exact length of my penis. I'm very happy that everyone knows that. Um, but what do you guys think? Do any of these seem like they make more or less sense to you? Uh, yeah. Well, I'd be, I'd be cons- I remember when I was a kid, I was really concerned. I saw that movie Fallen with Denzel Washington, and I was really concerned that a demon was going to possess my body and then do a bunch of like murders and shit. Mm-hmm. And so this, I'm getting the same kind of vibes with this, where it's like, 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 I don't know. The, uh, Robot David could be a monster. Oh yeah. I mean, normal David's a fucking monster as that's it what, is. That's, so. that's that's what I'm saying. Is like, <laughs> yeah. 
you turn off whatever restraint I have, and then it's like, yeah. Mm, and give okay. me, make me just a little bit stronger than I am now, because I'm just below robot strength right now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Chris. So, let's see. We've got five different theories here, right? Yeah, pick what your I'm, favorite. What oh, I'm trying ahead, to, the um, mortality salience doesn't really resonate with me very much because... Um, like it's a little bit too robot centric, and I know I might get in trouble for saying that. <laughs> but like, oh, watch it, your mouth. <laughs> it presumes that this whole thing is about androids, which it isn't necessarily, right? Because we're still we're still looking at like um, you know anything can have an uncanny valley, um, yeah. yeah, and not necessarily sure. uh, not necessarily robots. Plus, the whole you know like I didn't get any uncanny valley when I watched Westworld. And you see, right. like the all the you know fucked up robots, robot, and shit. robot titties True. and penises. W- what yeah. the theory that I'm looking for is one that explains why um, the uncanny valley seems to shift over time, because mm. some of these examples that you get for uncanny valley are like costumes and children's toys from like fifty to a hundred years ago. Right. right. And so you see like, you know, the old doll that's super creepy looking or like the old uh like the old like rabbit costume or like mm-hmm. the rabbit mask or whatever in the black and white photograph kind of thing. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And that's supposed to be an uncanny valley effect, but at the time people thought it was normal. So it seems like um over time or maybe even in different communities the uncanny valley can shift. Um yeah. So the the theory presumably would would be able to um, account for that. Maybe a maybe human norms might be a might be a good contender because human norms are they they're fluid um, across Consistent. space and time. Yeah. yeah. I think it has a lot yeah. to do with our entertainment too, like the fact that we have movies now and like you know like CGI and shit. Like yes, good point. So like like because uh, like if you showed like I don't know like fucking. What's if you showed Armageddon to like someone in the twenties, they would literally think like, "Oh my God, the world's gonna end." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, and so then, so then the question becomes, which which theory best accommodates that observation? Um, yeah, and I don't know. The whole the pathogen avoidance one seems to um, resonate a little bit too because uh, it's not like I cringe when I see ugly people, but you can get like a um, like you guys remember Brian Peppers? Yeah, B Peps. Yeah, <laughs> so that triggers um, an uncanny valley type response. Absolutely. When you see Brian Pepper's face, and it's obvious that it's be- you know it's because of his ailment. Yeah, he's um, very deformed, and it's yeah, it's un- yeah. But he also did something fucked up. Uh, so that kind of carries that w- its own weight you know what i mean like you're like oh yeah. he he did that that makes sense um i forgot what yeah I, I just looked him up b peps man what yeah. did he oh. do that was fucked up i think he like stabbed somebody or something yeah he some sort of violent crime or it was that like a sexual it might have been yeah crime? he's probably really strong too like he could hold you down with one hand and you wouldn't be able to do anything even yeah. though he's like only four feet tall and he's a robot oh. yeah and he's, robot. <laughs> um, he's a robot <laughs> But yeah, uh, I the uh, media entertainment thing is important because that actually comes in 
during criticisms when we talk about that. And I could have actually developed uh, another, I guess, uh, theory to go along with that and put it up there. But I'll kind of round that out and come back to that. Because the criticisms are just as important as the theories are mm-hmm. for this. I mean, the fact of the matter is that it people call it a phenomenon or a hypothesis, but it does happen. Like, it's it, it, it maybe doesn't happen to everybody. So that's why you question whether there's an evolutionary... Uh, you know, a uh, uh, catalyst for it or, or something or reason behind it. But I oh guess, Oh my God, I'm sorry. What? I, I, I just, I have to reveal this. I don't mean to cut you off, Sean. Sorry to ruin your scene, but there is a, no, a, a five person acapella group called the Brian peppers. And <laughs> they all, wear, they all have masks on. What do they say? Oh. I don't know. I just saw a picture of them, oh, but dude. yeah. I want to check all have out Brian peppers mask face. Is it like his face is a mask? Yeah. Oh, mm. sorry. Continue. That's all right. I, I was just gonna. I was about to uh, transition anyway to talk about a little bit of recent research, um, and there was probably more than this. These were just a couple I grabbed uh, incidences that I grabbed. So, two thousand nine. It's an experiment with monkeys. This was done to analyze the evolutionary mechanism for a version that is associated with the valley. Five monkeys were shown three images. Two of them were 3D monkey faces, one realistic, the other not very realistic. And the third face was a picture of a real monkey face. The realistic 3D image was viewed the least, and the gaze of the monkeys was the only way to determine this aversion. So obviously if they looked at it the least, or the least amount of time, they didn't. There was assumed they didn't like that one. So the experiment, while simple, may indicate that the Uncanny Valley is not human-specific and does have an origin in the evolution of all beings, or at least species with some level of higher cognition. Um, huh. Dubious. Yeah. Dubious? I think, because, yeah, the whole, like, um, attention experimental paradigm, so they do the same thing with babies, right? Right, So if yeah, you have yeah. some sort of, you know, give some sort of stimulus to a baby, and then you count how long they stare at it or whatever. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, from an experimental, like, methodology point of view... It's all you can do, right? But it's, I mean, you kind of have to take those results with a grain of salt because you never know if it was, you can control for as much shit as possible, but man, who knows? Maybe it was, you know, like the color or there was something else that they were attracted to. Right. That's true. You can't can't read their minds. Exactly. And you can't quantify, like, the fact that they didn't look is because they were cringing. And they can't talk to you. Yeah. So that's, obviously, they can't explain themselves. So I agree with that. It's not necessarily the best thing. Um, There could be something there. Uh, So I guess the next one would be about, uh, this one might be a little better, but the University of California, San Diego, and the California Institute for Telecommunications and Information Technology uh, had researchers studying activations in the human brain related to the uncanny valley. So an fMRI was able to dial in where the biggest differences in brain responses were when exposed to uncanny robots. Um, damn notes. So uh, that location is, is the uh, per- I can't know if I can say this word parietal cortex on both sides of the brain. More specifically, the areas that connect the part of the brain's visual cortex that processes body motion with the section of the motor cortex that is believed to contain mirror neurons 
uh, and these neurons fire both when uh, the, the mirror neurons specifically fire both when doing a movement and when witnessing another person do the same movement, hence the term mirror. It's actually really weird. Uh, it seems weird. It's, it's an interesting uh, concept. Um, but the brain scans indicated that there was a recognized mismatch when a when the robot did not move as expected. Going back to that whole motion issue that could explain the valley, uh, this seems to kind of in some ways confirm that at least, you know, uh, when doing these brain scans, you had some kind of physical evidence in, in humans. So this part is kind of speaks to the importance of the motion thing. Yeah. And so the idea might be that, so that's kind of interesting to think about, right? That you have different aspects of the uncanny valley that are kind of being triggered in different regions of the brain. Mm-hmm. So you might have some sort of like, you know, something that recognizes patterns or recognizes human faces and something kind of goes wacky with that. And then you have this mm-hmm. kind of motion related stuff. And it's kind of interesting that like there's this connection between motion and like mimicking or like mirroring yeah. motion. Um, mm-hmm. And perhaps the the effect of the uncanny valley is some sort of like synergy between these multiple things happening at once. Yeah. And, uh, um, Sean, did, uh, do you go into this at all about how like the uncanny valley itself is like could be like a, a evolutionary defense that we've like attained over time? Yeah, and, like... I'll mention that. Okay. I'm definitely going to mention something about that. That that is kind of actually the things above uh, sort of point to that already because right. Um, but as as in terms of like an actual something that you see and go, oh fuck, you know what what made that happen? I'll 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 talk about that. So um, let me do. I'll do one more of these, and then we go into the importance of design and then criticisms, and from there we can we'll we'll talk about that other part at the end um it reminds me of like the 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 fact that like dogs have like a part of their brain that can recognize human voices you know yeah and that just like that's like that's wild that we like alpha dogs so much that they grew a new part of their brain to deal with us yeah they have yep they evolved that way but that's what happens i mean uh natural selection is going to do that um so yeah so the third one is uh video games are being investigated to shed light on this phenomenon. So the facial expression and speech uh, are the main focus. And in the case of them being less synchronized in a survival horror game, this can actually make the experience more frightening. Kind of we just mentioned with the Gothica shit. You know, if, if you, or I think of any video game, uh, Silent Hill, the nurses, you know, when they move, yeah. they're very jerky. Or like video games that spend way too much time on like, making like their human like the games that like spend like trying to make their characters look as human as possible but also don't have enough money in the budget to like make make them move properly so they're kind of static like they have really good looking faces but they don't express anything that, that that's creepy yeah yeah so this is but this is talking about um oh okay being less synchronized so like the the um the movement of the faces and speech, right? So yeah, like they're not the, they're not paralleling, right? Yeah, okay. Which happens in older games anyway. But then, it, like, if you think about older games, the uh, the graphical quality was low, so people are like, eh. But then, as you get very, I think we we were or are getting to uncanny valley levels in 
uh, video games. I actually think it was more of a war because shit now is like super hyper realistic. Um, so we might be getting out of that. But so this is a an, another point I want to make too and that I'm going to touch on a little bit later is that the Uncanny Valley may be at some point bred out due to either people getting more used to this type of technology being around them or in the case of video games, uh, the game will look so real that a person will not have these uneasy feelings. There is a theory, though, that there is a sort of unscalable wall where humans will still be able to pick out nuanced imperfections in simulated beings. That is probably up to a point where if it's, I mean, if, if it is indistinguishable, I don't think there's any issues there. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go to importance of design. Uh, if you guys don't have anything to add to that or any um, anything that really titillated you. I'm interested. Yeah, I'm interested at what the, um, what's the nature of the unscalable wall? Because, yeah, I do think, um, I don't know if it's, I, I do think we could get to a point where people can't pick out the difference. Right. And the reason why is because humans are designing them with those things in mind. Mm-hmm. So as the, you know, as each iteration is, is constantly being upgraded and perfected, the they're going to pick up on that shit that people would be looking for or that people might be picking up, you know, even subconsciously and kind of tweaking that so that so that that's not an issue anymore kind of thing. Yeah, that that's true. The subconscious is going to play into it more than anything, I think, because... I mean, if you if you're actively looking for something, like if you're designing a game and you go, oh, "I know I need to look for this," but to the general public, the subconscious is gonna be the thing that that triggers people in on that. But yeah, eventually that will fade out. I mean, it has to. If you had something that was the most photorealistic you could get, I mean, there will be mistakes. I feel like uh, maybe, but I don't know. Thirty years from now, who knows? Yeah. Uh, oh, I almost skipped a part here. So, importance of design. Let's talk about that. Uh, so you no, need no penis is over four inches. That's no. what. <laughs> like no, uh, ro- no male robot can have a penis bigger than four inches. We were trying. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to um, create a a, a race of um, uh, men that can satisfy people. That'd you know? be so God funny forbid. if, like, we had like if they made like realistic pleasure female models that like can do whatever you want and like but like perfect. <laughs> like the one law is oh no their penises have to stay under four yeah exactly. i think we i actually i know we did uh, did we talk about the singularity or some other episode yeah there's the the the, the, the penis law we do talk about penises um, a lot well it's not just penises okay we talk about like other things than penises sometimes testes <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes that's sometimes grundles you know Boobs, you know, we're talking about boobs. We, uh, we don't talk about boobs nearly mm-hmm. as much as about Yeah, penises. we don't. No. That's true. We should bring some more boob uh, boob awareness to this podcast. <laughs> can Can we also please be an ass forward podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm an I'm an ass first in, uh, individual, so I would. Oh, that sounds weird when I say those words in that order. Um, okay, let's let's talk about uh, whatever the fuck I was just talking about. <laughs> Um, uh, importance, importance of design, of design. Yeah, and the yeah. importance of small penises. Continue. Yeah, yeah. For, on robots, on robots. Yeah, on robots. Um, vegan macaroni, vegan macaroni. Uh, elements to match realism. This is important here. 
So if a robot looks more human, uh, it should have a human voice. If less human, have a synthetic voice. Mixing of these creates more of an unsettling effect. This is kind of what one of you two mentioned earlier, um, sort of about the, the voice thing. Um, and then uh, appearance dictates ex expectation. So make sure the robot can perform as expected. If the robot looks like a dishwasher, that motherfucker better not try to do much more than wash my dishes. Yeah. No, I don't want to have pillow talk with the fleshlight. Stay in the drawer and shut up. Oh, and god damn it, Sean. <laughs> this is the part they're going to use to cancel us in the future. Yeah. You calling robots a fleshlight. I didn't call robots a fleshlight. I, 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 I'm talking about a fleshlight that maybe they invent that says, help me. It's like the, what's the, what, what was the thing in South Park? The, the, the shake weight that would talk to her and be like, you have oh, to work out in 10 minutes. Yeah. And give her cab fare. <laughs> After it finished. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so if it looks fully human, it better just do human shit. In general, when the brain's expectations are not met, it can create a prediction error, which in the case of an Android will add an eeriness to their design. Uh, proportions are also important if using photorealism. And this is kind of interesting, Chris. You almost touched on this uh, or kind of did. If you make anime eyes but give a photorealistic texture, it might weird people out. Oh, my Not God. Not David, though. David loves hentai, so he's okay with this. Uh, That's true. So um, have you seen the, like, um, the photorealistic, like, Simpsons characters? Where it's, oh, yeah. It's oh. all of the proportions, but they use, like, photorealism, and that looks fucking creepy. That's some, like, yes. Beetlejuice fucking yeah. claymation-looking shit. That's an amazing ah! example I just that. looked it up. Yeah, that oh, is a great example this. of that. Or look up uh, SpongeBob and uh, yeah. uh, Patrick uh, yeah. is, is real. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, like, there was an artist, I think, that did a bunch of those. God, Homer um, Simpson's going to, like, eat me. Yeah, he. You would not want to be in a room with the door closed with him. That's, That's just the vibe I get. Like, like, yeah, he would. He would do some things to you. I, I, I'm, um, on Google, I'm on Google Images, and I feel like they're all looking at me, and their eyes are moving <laughs> when I move. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they are for sure. Uh, let's talk about criticisms. This part's interesting because this kind of ties everything together uh, with some theories we had before. So. The Uncanny Valley can be a heterogeneous group of phenomena, i.e. there are a multitude of possibilities that describe the valley, ranging from evolved or learned conditions for perceptions of what a normal face is, to psychological constructs that are culturally shared. The Uncanny Valley also can be a generational issue. Future generations that are used to computer-simulated graphical entities may not be impacted by the Uncanny Valley. And that's kind of what I mentioned before about getting bred out and what David kind of mentioned about the whole media thing. I There is a good chance that in the future, the Uncanny Valley won't exist because of the fact that it's only it only comes from earlier generations that didn't have this kind of technology. Or like so. in the future when like there are no actors, they're just all, all famous people are CGI. All <laughs> like all movies are just entirely like CGI. That's true. See, but it might be. I don't know. I mean... It, if anything, it's just going to change. So the things that okay. like, you know, <clears throat> in the same way that the things that um, didn't make people cringe back in the day make us cringe now. So like the example that I was bringing up a little bit earlier, like the old time, like toys and shit that make you cringe. There's, I mean, I would imagine that like, 
you know, if it's th- the parts of it that are culturally shared, um, that aren't evolutionary, um, are, are, will change over time. But if there's still an element of that there, it's like, you know, our children and grandchildren will look at certain things and cringe, but th- those things didn't make us cringe. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it could definitely develop over time and it'll just be like that endlessly. Um, but I'd like to see how it plays out. I mean, I guess there's no way to know for sure yeah. until it, it, it actually happens. Unless you download uh, your consciousness and you're there to experience oof. it. Well, there you go. I do want to live for a thousand years, you know. I would like to go to a different planet, okay? The next uh, criticism here is that um, the Uncanny Valley can be due to a specific case of information processing, such as categorization or frequency-based effects. To put it more simply, a level of cognitive uncertainty when seeing an uncanny entity may only be because they, we, are used to seeing only beings that lie in the human category in terms of physical traits or movements. Feeling creeped out by robots is only an artifact of the frequency of exposure to them, which is minimal for most people. Obviously, this is a criticism and a theory at the same time, theorized criticism. But that one kind of makes sense to me um, because it's also like it goes along with the one above it. Uh, generationally, you know, we're not used to or we are getting used to more robotic beings. Right. And so that, well, but I guess, so here's the thing. It's like, okay, the uncanny valley is a response that um, is... Uh, minimized with increased exposure, right? But so what? I mean, it's still a it's still a response. I mean that it doesn't. It's something that happens. Yeah, yeah. Which is good that you said that. There's another point I'm gonna I'm gonna make on that. Yeah, it doesn't really change the fact. It's like a it's like a solution uh, to the problem, but but doesn't take away the fact that the problem occurred. Um, so the uncanny valley. Uh, can also be something that appears at any degree of human likeness. Take the Capgrass delusion, which is when someone is convinced another person has been replaced with a copy. Sometimes this may include a synthetic copy, such as a robot. The theory behind this delusion is that a person has an intact system for overt recognition, but a malfunctioning cognitive system for covert recognition. So what this does is a person who sees a copy as something or what it does is a person sees a copy as something identifiable but not but but it's not really familiar to that person in terms of emotional traits um this might stem from issues in categorical categorical perception particular to the way the brain can process information so that's why david got weirded out when i was talking that way it was he thinks that david is having a cap Capgrass delusion right now. I have lots of delusions, but that is one of them, yeah. I, I bet it is. Um, well, I'm I'm not having a best friend delusion because I know that you guys <laughs> are best friends as fuck. That's delusional. No, okay. that's delusional. You're being delusional. No, You're being, okay. yeah. No, no. Okay, last thing. So, uh, some can say that good robotic design or adding neotenous cartoonish aesthetics can remove entities from the valley but that to me does not explain away the fact that bad design still merits an unsettling emotional response the main thing i want to focus on what we just talked about is really why we get this feeling 
even if there's a solution. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you, you can design a robot out of the valley. Why the fuck did this happen? And I'm going to mention a couple things in the end here about that. Mm. Well done, Sean. <sighs> mm-hmm. You guys have anything else before we go to the last section and have our full discussion? No, I think we're ready. I mean, I, I, nothing for me. Okay. David, yeah. you're not paying attention, are you? Oh, God. No, I don't, I, I'm not like you, Sean. I pay attention. Oh, right, 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 right. Watching your AMC stocks flutter uh, pennies <laughs> right now because they're not moving. <laughs> Yeah, because um, I, I I always I love watching the market on Saturdays. That's the best time to really keep an eye on the market. Yeah, exactly. Well, I did. I bought a thousand of them today, so that was uh, <laughs> just kidding. I didn't buy any of them right now. Um, yeah, my uh, my limit buys didn't go through. I was very unhappy to see that the AMC stock didn't dip below eight dollars. <sighs> oh yeah, you you missed out. You should the, the the main dip happened on Thursday, which was like it was like nine something. Yeah, I knew, I knew, but it, it, I have a feeling it might happen again next week, but I'm, I'm just waiting. I'll, I'll be patient. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's all house money though. Like I said, I made money on Doge. Shout out to Doge coin. Fucking hell. No, Sean, don't, don't brag about that. Our our listeners don't want, like, you're not a crypto guy. You can't be, you can't be a a basketball guy and a crypto guy. All right. I'm literally a crypto guy. Of course I'm a crypto (laughs) guy. Um, I, I saw a meme and it said, in all my days of trade, uh, in, in, in all my three days of trading, I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, so stupid. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Everybody just got in. Um, okay, so let's do a little discussion here. To wrap this up, I want you to look at a picture of these robots that I'm going to send to you guys right now now and oh god you sent the i didn't even see the homer and marge thing Ugh, ugh, god that's disgusting that picture is terrible okay i'm sending you guys a picture i think maybe this could be i don't know if it's a stock image that we can use i don't know how that really works but this should be the cover of the, the, the album art so let me know when you guys get it yeah you have to email me this this uh so i can put it up on the okay. chat or on the description or you can use it as the the art too did you guys get the picture yeah yep. so out of those, looking around at them a little bit, I mean, you notice kind of the top are the least human-looking ones. They're just very simple robotic. A lot of them look innocent, especially even like midway down, except for that one that looks like it has lipstick on. <laughs> That's hot. Um, that one's creepy. And then, But like the creepiest ones are when you get down a little bit further. Um, I, like, uh, I, like, I like the uh, Jordan Peterson bot in the bottom right. Bottom right. Oh, yeah, yeah. that is. <laughs> um, the one with its mouth open, uh, the, the, the orifice, the orifice bot 9000. And then, <laughs> yeah, 50, but do 52. any of those, cre- <laughs> do any oh, of those creep you out more? Too. Is there? Which one do you hate the, which one do you hate the most? Uh, Jordan Peterson bot for sure. Yeah, or the nice. one, or the one, uh, two to the left of it. The, the other one with the beard that goatee yeah oh yeah 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 i was gonna say for me i don't know some on the bottom look fine the bottom left second from the left almost reminds me of like a uh the, a grudge chick which makes me a little uncomfortable but i'd say that the the green one i don't like uh, yeah. at all green one's <laughs> terrible like 
And then there's the Bill Maher bot, two up from the Jordan Peterson bot. If you look on the far right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's probably a woman. I can, I, can just see him, I can just see him now saying, it's a comedy show. You guys can laugh. That's <laughs> right. <And he's... laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but everybody, I f- I feel look the at the picture. That one. I also feel the same about the, um, like the, uh, the South Asian Peter Dinklage. South South Asian Peter Dinklage on the bottom row. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Neanderthalish. But I honestly, these looking at these, it makes me feel fantastic. Oh yeah. (laughs) So yeah, when you sent me that, I feel like I'd seen that a long time ago too. But that shit is very unsettling. The movement, the weird synthetic voice, the pale weird skin the whole setting and everything everybody out there so you need to do two things listeners go look up the video i feel fantastic on youtube if you haven't seen it and also make sure that you're looking at the picture that i sent to david and chris right now and that will be either in the description link or if it's the album art have a good or the the episode art enjoy that oh Um, yeah and if you want you know you know, uh, you can email us your, your favorites and your least favorites. Or if you have any weird shit uh, that you've seen out there that's creepy, email it to us. And uh, we'll give you a one, shout out. whichever one you want to have sex with, tell us that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the one with the lipstick, though. Man, that one. <laughs> um, so the reason I was inspired to do this episode is I saw a post that said, to have this theory be real, basically, there's an evolutionary reason for us to be afraid of something that looked human but wasn't. Um, this could be debunked by the criticisms or whatever we talked about, but what if it's not? What the fuck could that have been? Aliens, alien androids, androids from the future, certain types of beings. I'm going to go like into Alex Jones, shape-shifting demon beings from the future, you know, shit like that. I've but got like, the documents, folks. I don't know. <laughs> but like... That is creepy, though, the thought. I mean, really, to me, there really is an evolutionary uh, possibility of this, that that something did happen in the past to us, and, and, and it, it caused us to be fearful of this scenario here. Um, so I guess I'm going to read a quote from Darwin here, um, and then last little section, then we can talk about everything, but... So if, if the uncanny valley is a result of cognitive processes, evidence should be found in evolutionary history. This is a quote from Charles Darwin. He says, the expression of this trigonocephalus, which is a snake, the snake's face, was hideous and fierce. The pupil consisted of a vertical slit in a mottled and coppery iris. The jaws were broad at the base, and the nose terminated in a tri- triangular projection. I do not think I ever saw anything more ugly, expecting, perhaps or accepting perhaps some of the vampire bats. I imagine this repulsive aspect originates from the features being placed in positions with with respect to each other, somewhat proportional to the human face, and thus we obtain a scale of hideousness. I suppose this would indicate that as humans, we tend to compare features of a face to a human face, and and some animals evolve to have this effect of, of fear from their visual appearance, but wouldn't that apply to all animals and not just humans? Does that really help explain the phenomena of the uncanny valley? I, 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 I real fast before I add, I like that phallus is in the word, the the scientific word for snake. 
What is it? Oh, it's cephalic. Well, cephalus. Ceph- well, hold on now, David. Hold on now. Okay. Dr. Sean's going to help you out here. Um, technically, it's, I guess, phallus at the end is. I was. It's, the word is cephalus, though, like uh, encephal, and it's encephalopathy, encephalopathy, like brain head. Uh, but no, phallus, the, the phallus, it's, 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 you know, it's Latin for an image of the penis. I just looked it up. So well, I'm not, no, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying the, the, the word combination though is, is cephalus, not phallus, not trigono, phallus. That's all I'm saying, David. I'm just telling you you're wrong. It's okay. No, I, I, I'm, I'm never wrong about penises, Sean. Sorry. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, okie doke. But yeah, go, go ahead guys. What, what, what do you think about that? The, the evolutionary stuff that uh, makes sense just that we're kind of um on the lookout for stuff just in uh, like as a, as a natural defense does it make you feel uncomfortable though that possibility any any more uncomfortable i mean i don't know um no i i mean the whole uncanny valley makes me uncomfortable to to begin with just because it is so creepy so right. I, it doesn't make me feel more uncomfortable okay well I'm going to make you feel more uncomfortable later tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, anyways, Chris? Yeah. See, I know how to wait my turn. That's what I wanted, <laughs> that's what I wanted to, to reiterate. But I think, so, the, um, I don't really think it's likely that we evolved this because of some sort of, like, early contact with mm-hmm. a, a being and that that kind of because i mean it would have had to take many tens of thousands of years mm-hmm. we'd have to be like best buds with them for a long time yeah and yeah i mean it would it would you know it would be the kind of thing where humans would have to be running from these for such a long time that like the survivors of the encounter right that there would be some sort of like selectional advantage for the people who got yeah. scared when they saw those so it seems you know i think the the um proclivity for humans to uh see human faces where there aren't always human faces kind of provides mm-hmm. a, a a greater or more plausible explanation um mm-hmm. and it makes sense and so it might be it might be you know kind of going back to the theories that we that, that you kind of outlined earlier um that maybe it's connected to uh this this like pattern recognition uh cognitive mechanism that humans have that causes us to see faces or not just faces but causes us to see you know shapes in clouds or in you know Mm -hmm. i don't know collections of tea leaves or whatever and that there's some sort of like dissonance or there's some sort of like uh mismatch like you like you mentioned with the um with the movement in that study and it's really just kind of like a phenomenon that way and the thing about um like perception categorical perception is that you can uh you can accommodate it so the uh, the 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 discrete categories that you make um can be accommodated depending on the uh, depending on the information that you get and so i mean that also Mm -hmm. provides a, a a plausible explanation for why um it seems like things that made us cringe don't if we see them enough right, right. because we're we're able to can we get enough stimulus for something for something that we can categorize as like not creepy um and then we're kind of just on constantly updating that yeah that's true 
Um, and I was thinking, though, you're right about the uh, evolutionary timeline could provide a difficulty uh, to have that statement be true of, of seeing something in the past <clears throat> that made us evolve this, unless, this is kind of a stretch, but it's more epigenetic, so generational for a short period of time, uh, so it does allow it to be faster, but generally that comes from like very few generations and it could have already been um, kind of selected back, selected against, again, like once it occurred, like let's say aliens visited us 10,000 years ago, 20, 30,000, whatever, and then it didn't keep happening um, or it didn't happen enough. So that's a kind of a good point. Um, but I, I want to be, I, I, I like to keep it spooky in here. And I want to believe that there were these weird creatures that came and, and doppelganged on, on people and then doppelbanged their wife, you know, while they weren't home. Yeah. Uh, back in ancient yeah, Greece. And they're like, man, you really. Banger. <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, honey, you really threw it down last night. And he's like, I was at, <laughs> I was at work all night. Uh, oh, fuck. Um, but yeah, so. <laughs> tough question i guess you know we don't always have to end with this kind of question but i, I like to keep with the, the well, theme. I have an answer for this question are we screwed uh i'm gonna say yes because um uh it is like it is the government and the military putting money into stuff like boston dynamics and this hansen company mm-hmm. and like that's that's not good the like, hansen yeah, the, the hansen company that's, uh, that's, are, that's it's not, oh, no are they bro. making an umbot <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, Umbop Incorporated uh, created Sophia. Oh, okay. I think we need to make a robot called the Umbot. The Umbot sounds amazing. (laughs) And it just sings that one song. Uh, But, yeah, so you feel we're screwed because of uh, government and or... They're going to be used for nefarious purposes. Yeah, they absolutely will. And that's the funny thing is true is, yeah, if we didn't have an evolutionary reason to be afraid of them we might develop one it could yeah. get worse you know that that's a possibility maybe we don't yeah. ever get out of it because you're like yeah i can't trust the nt 6732s man those, those guys are fucking horrible you know shit like that whatever yeah. that one model that just or like well you'd have like infiltrator robots i mean you already have robots that are that are bomb diffusing and things like that war it's okay for war i think that's what i was saying if we have uh, robots that go to war it's just robot war which is just hilarious to me because uh, war in general is just fucking common. Well, that implies that the too. rest of the world will have the finances to do that, and they won't. So it'll just be one side of robots massacring uh, like, yeah, human yeah. beings. No, that's true. That's true. Yep. Fuck that. Well, I I will uh, I will detract because um, I don't think we're screwed because I feel fantastic. Hey, hey. You feel <laughs> fantastic. Hey, hey. Please leave. Run, run, run. <laughs> and then and then you're good but i think um i don't think we're screwed because i think anybody can use this knowledge of the uncanny valley to create anything and who knows i mean i think the um not governments but other organizations might be using it for good purposes like mm-hmm. to help people to create robots that that people who need services um can have like a a, a pleasant non-traumatic experience with uh with oh. robots that provide care or whatever 
Mm-hmm. Can you imagine, like, if there's like if there's like medical robots, but they they slip up every now and then, like like you're in an ambulance and it's like a robot paramedic, and he's like, "We're gonna take care of you. You are gonna be just fine. I could slit your throat right now, like <laughs> stuff like that." I could kill all humans, but I won't. <laughs> or like like uh, you get like a complaint from uh, one of the robot doctors, like, "Yeah, that doctor's really handsy," or something like that. Like there's a malfunction <laughs> in his program where he just like he's like. Doctor, I have, I have a really bad headache. He's like, well, let me see your penis, and we will find, we will get to the bottom of this. And they're like, no, I said my head hurts, not my dickhead. And he's like, it's like every time, it's like, oh man, I don't know what, what happened. Or like, someone's bleeding out. It's like, like pull his pants down. <laughs> I like the idea of two robot paramedics just talking shit about like how weak humans are it's like, it's like, what happened to him it's like oh a, a car ran over his leg it's like that, that's it no, yeah. that's, it's like it's like uh, uh uh what happened to him uh who knows you know maybe the wind was extra strong today <laughs> maybe yeah, it's like maybe their soft flesh got poked with a sharp object <laughs> But you know what I think? So I think this whole, the notion of the uncanny valley is really interesting because it doesn't, because it's a valley, right? Mm -hmm. And you have on either end, you have kind of like human-like resemblance or likeness. And there's just this kind of like sweet spot where things are really bad. And that is kind of an interesting phenomenon to think about because we don't really, you know, we think about things in terms of like... um, uh like poles right it's like either it's too hot or it's too cold or like yeah you know you can have something that's way too loud or it's not but there's never there isn't this kind of there isn't this like where the the midpoint or some sort of region of the midpoint is Mm -hmm. uh is is very kind of off-putting yeah i agree and it's an interesting thing to study just because it's kind of uh it's kind of uncommon Mm mm-hmm and for that reason i think it's it's very cool but i i do like i do like the different theories i think it kind of gives you a lot to think about and as you as you showed with the um with the studies it kind of gives us a lot to explore empirically yeah. with like experiments and stuff and it teaches us more about human cognition which i think is a good thing it does and i think yeah we should definitely continue to look into that um and i'm actually thinking maybe over time, that valley, well, it'll go two directions. But I mean, I'm thinking more it'll, we might flatten out over time, but it could always be uh, there. It just won't be as prevalent. Or it could go the other way where it gets worse. But to me, it would, it would either stay the same or probably maybe flatten out a little bit. Um, but I guess as far as being screwed, I kind of want to be in between you guys. I'm not going to say yes or no to being screwed um, because you basically you did both sides of the coin. There's going to be robots used for war and for police, you know, uh, like police robots, like like infiltrator robots and things like that. And That'd be so um, funny if, like, if they made robots and they were just super right-wing. Like, they, they, just, <laughs> they, just, they just spout off, like, well, ac- they spout off, like, black crime statistics. And, like, that's, like, that's all they talk about. <laughs> Yeah, and all their integrated gun arms. While they're, they're very upset, delivering your groceries or like <laughs> <laughs> cleaning a wound. Like, they're like, yeah. here you go, ma'am. And remember, 
despite making up 14% of the population. Jesus. <laughs> Cleaning a toilet and shit. You just yeah. hear him like in the stall next to you or taking a shit. Like it's just like whispering to itself stats. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. Or, or they're just in there. It's like, if they just ate, le- or they just got less Starbucks and started budgeting more. It's like, <laughs> um, Oh God, the hedge fund bot. Uh, so, but yeah, that's what I was saying in between. So, David, you have the side of the more violent uh, military uh, use robots. And Chris, you have the actual beneficial, useful robots that will do day-to-day tasks or, you know, be uh, surgeons or things like that. We're going to have both of them. So I don't want to say if we're screwed or not as far as uh, robots go. And then even in the valley. But by the valley itself, I don't think presents enough of an issue to cause uh a problem with and what i touched on earlier was that human to robot interaction if done correctly so the only issue could come from if we actually diminish the uncanny valley enough and then you swing to david's side and you have these super friendly looking robots but they're super violent and then they take over it would have to be like a, a quick progression of several pieces falling together perfectly and then you kind of get outside of the valley and you go to the singularity effect that we talked about before uh, with the hyper-intelligent robots that are just um, just smarter than normal humans and smarter than any human could ever be. But, yeah, that's kind of where I stand with that. But uh, this episode was cool, and like I, I like these types of technology episodes. Um, and I also yeah. like that I was inspired just by something I saw randomly. Like I was thinking about what I was going to do with this and I'm like, Oh, that just sounds dope. So, yep. That's, that's that. right. Motherfuckers. We're never running out of content. That's right. No, Not ever. ever. No. Um, but thanks for listening guys. Uh, if you, uh, we know that most of our listeners are, you know, children that got past the parental locks on their, on their phones. <laughs> uh, if you could just also leave us a review, on whatever app you listen to podcasts on, we would really appreciate it. You could also email us at gwscrewed at gmail.com. Uh, my Twitter is at Green Left Arrow. We have a Guys Were Screwed, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, Twitter account. Uh, you can follow me. I will, you know, I'll follow you back. I'll just say, mm-hmm. hey, I, I, I heard you at the show. I liked it. Follow and then you follow. can just tell us about all the things we're doing wrong. You can mm-hmm. even do that. That'd be fun, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Sean, what's your Instagram? Uh, it's SD underscore GWS. And also, um, I just want to say that to all the kids out there that got through the parental lock. Also, if you go into your mom's purse, there's a credit card number. There's a credit card there. <laughs> get that credit card number. Log on to Patreon. Uh, mm-hmm. And we have a couple really nice options for you there. Um, all right. And so, we wait, 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 wait. That. <laughs> we, yeah, that's true. Uh, we, uh, oh. Please please sign into our Patreon. And so, like, I got we got my Twitter. We got... You got Sean's Instagram. Chris, what are the exact dimensions of your penis again? Um, it's <laughs> negative three inches. Here's an idea. Why don't we have a 12 and under tier <laughs> on Patreon? Okay. Okay. And that's, our most, that's, that's our most expensive one because they are using their parents' money. Yeah, it's like $40 or something. It's, for, it's $40 a day is, yeah. is what, what we'll set it as. Um, and you're locked in. Oh, you get a 10% discount, though, if, if you go yearly versus month to month. So, But we got it just for that. Part. We have to call it 12-inch pepperoni and under. <laughs> and then we all go to jail. Um, It'd be funny if we had like a bourgeoisie class or tier. Yeah, the, the, like the, a wealthy class tier where it's $100 a month, and it, but it doesn't even unlock the Patreon episodes. Yep. It's, it's just it's just because <laughs> yep. you should feel bad. Yeah, that's, that's... <laughs> 
All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, peace out. All right. Bye. See ya.